0: Welcome to the Feel Better, Be Better Show. Kate and Nevada have spent years exploring ways to live a healthy athletic lifestyle, and this show is all about sharing that knowledge and experience with you. Today, Kate and Nevada welcome a special guest with their own unique experience and advice for living a better and healthier lifestyle. Hey,
1: guys. So this week we got to interview Allison with Birth Peace. She's a doula and she's a certified yoga instructor and she's absolutely great. So listen into to this part one, part two on how to be healthy during your pregnancy, you know, as far as movement goes, as far as how labor goes, you know, all the things, all the things as women you kind of go through when you end up having a baby and even afterwards. So you go ahead and take a listen today and I hope you enjoy.
0: All right. So let's see here. We're going to do what? We're going to, we're going to talk about stuff that I'm really knowledgeable about, right? Super knowledgeable about? Not yet. Not yet. Not, I mean, you will be. Not yet? So I get to ask the dumb questions you on this one? You get to ask one? all the
2: questions. All right. Great. All so we're going to get <laughs>
0: okay. Allison here. She is a doula. What else do
2: you do? I am a doula and a prenatal yoga instructor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also do a little bit of, well, I do regular yoga as well, but um, some baby
0: in me yoga classes as well. All the things that I don't, that are not my thing. It's not your world, so that's all right. Yeah, I'm. I'm here to learn today. (laughs) I'm here to learn all about it. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, And a doula is just a person that is like a support person, a guide, uh, an extra body as you move through the pregnancy and birth journey and postpartum. Um, Not a medical professional in any way. Or sense of it, but a person who's there for helping with medical lingo that might be thrown around in the hospital or um, to help talk about birth preferences or to, you know, give some, some type of context to like, hey, my OB asked me this question. I don't know how I feel about it, right? Just somebody as a sounding board. And then as an advocate, too, when you're
0: in a medical situation. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get into those. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm just curious so real quick. So yeah. you said the postpartum and the baby and me yoga. Yes. So is that kind of like part of that? Like after after the birth, too, you're still continuing on as the baby, and me like one of the things yeah. like in like the next like four months or six months or whatever it is. I don't know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Um, I do it. I mean, yeah, I have clients who like bundle it all together and they're like, I want to do the doula stuff. I want to do yoga and I want to do baby and me stuff. Um, that's, I have some clients who do that and I have other clients who are just like, Hey, I'm here for the baby me yoga. And that's, that's what I want to do. Um, so yeah, it all works really well together as a entity, but it also can be
0: broken apart.
1: I talk with my hands. That's
0: okay. <laughs> so why? I. I'll let you do the smart questions. I'll reserve to ask the, you know, the like, okay, I don't know what you're talking about stuff.
1: Well, I guess kind of to start, what does, if someone would come to you to be a doula, what does that journey kind of look like? I know you hit a little bit briefly, but yeah. as far as like, how often do you usually meet? What kind of topics yeah. do you usually go over? You know, how do you help them?
2: Yeah. Um, with a doula client, I um, people will come to me anywhere between like, they just peed on a stick early. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and then like, I've had people come to me at like 36 weeks, like almost ready to have their baby. Um, and they come to me and they, you know, we sit down, we talk about their birth preferences. Um, that is a big part of what I do. Um, is we talk about like, what do you want your birth to look like? Um, obviously I'm not a genie, (laughs) I cannot grant wishes, um, but it's really good to talk about all those things so that when we get into the situation, we can say, okay, this is kind of what we are leaning towards. This is what we want. Mm -hmm. And then like, we also talk about plan B, like what happens if we can't have that? And what does that look like? What does that feel like in our bodies? Um, if I say "Mm, things might not go the way you want them to go, Right. That's I think, uncomfortable.
1: I think that's huge, too, because, like, when I had Harper, I did not even know how many intervention possibilities they were in the hospital. Right. And what ones really don't affect that much that can kind of be put by the wayside if you don't want to do yeah. them. And what ones are like, no, at a certain point, that one might be really important to consider. And if you don't don't know that before you go in, it's really overwhelming. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. Um, And that's a lot of um, what I'll also cover in my sessions. So I typically do like three prenatal sessions with a client. Um, We sit down, we, the first entire session is just like, let's talk birth preferences. What are your desires? Um, We talk over like hospital terms. Um, What what is an epidural exactly (laughs) where does it go on your body right like some people are like I know all of that I've done all the research I've buried myself in it from day one of pregnancy and I know it all other people are like very not into the medical world in the the birth medical world specifically there's a lot of really specific terms and a lot of specific medications and a lot of interventions, like you said, Mm -hmm. that um, come up and it's really helpful to like have somebody to sit down and talk through them because you could say, oh, I'm not going to have any of that. And then, you know, you're in labor and something changes and now you're being presented with this option. And it's like, oh, well, it's helpful to have a little bit of knowledge to pull from Mm -hmm. and say, okay, if this happens, this is how I feel about it. Or this is what I'm thinking, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: I kind of remember that too, like, with Harper, when I got down towards the end, first kids, very tiring, and, you know, I was at home, so I didn't have the options to lean on some of the interventions, but in the moment, because I knew I didn't want to go a certain direction, like, I was able to stick with what I wanted, but I'm like, I could totally see how someone is like, I'm so done, and I just want this yeah. baby out of me. Like, give me a C-section or whatever it takes. Right. Like, I just don't even care anymore. Right. Because you're exhausted you're at that so point. Tired. And so I could see if somebody didn't have a concrete set of, like, this is what I expect and what I want. Yeah. And what I'm okay doing at a certain point, like...
0: Yeah. Well, even still, you're having, you're having somebody come in that's going to give you a solution as well. I mean, they're kind of mm-hmm. not they're not trying to talk you into it, but they're giving you something that allows you to get out of that scenario. So you're like, yes, that sign me up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's challenging too, because you don't necessarily know how you're going to react in the moment. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. um, you think, okay, I have a really good pain tolerance. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be great. And then maybe your baby, right. Babies come down your pelvis in a certain way. Maybe your baby's sunny side up or OP. Um, And the back of their skull is pressing on your back and you have terrible back labor. And now the pain is something that is hard to even fathom and let alone make it through. And maybe that is also causing your labor to be really long. And so now you're in way more pain than you, anybody would expect. And then on top of that, you're exhausted and tired and fatigued and, um, you know, we have interventions for a reason, mm-hmm. so, you know, you don't know what you're
0: going to get into. Yeah, pain thresholds are really interesting, though, because, I mean, just because, like, I have a scrape on my knee and it's no big deal, and you have a scrape on your knee and it's, like, the end of the world, yeah. who knows where those nerve endings are, how how you different situations that hit you. So, right. I mean, while you may think you're great in yeah. pain thresholds. All of a sudden, you get into one that you're low on that pain threshold, yeah. and it may not work out well. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be totally different. You may think you're fine, and you're not. Yeah, 100%. And on top of that, right, like your pain threshold, your pain
2: tolerance is different in different settings. Mm -hmm. Like when you're at home and you're comfy and you're cozy and you stub your toe or whatever, right, it it hurts. But like if you're in a high stress situation and like everything's moving fast and you're, I don't know, give me a high stress situation that you might be in where you stub your toe, right, you might experience that pain. Anytime I'm awake, yeah. <laughs> high stress. stress. High stress. You're you're a high stress person. <laughs> I know. Look at me. I'm still stressed. Yeah. Right. But like, if you're at home and you're calm and you're relaxed and you're in pain, right? It's like, okay, I can manage this. Or if you're mentally prepared for it, and
1: mm-hmm. you're like,
2: I am going to be on top of it. I can stay on top of this pain, this discomfort, and I can manage it. Versus if you're scared. Mm-hmm. If you're anxious, if you're freaked out because there's, like, other people moving around you and you don't know what they're doing and your,
0: like, nervous system is, like, a little bit on edge. I think I've got a good one for you. Like, you finally, like, you finally hear something in bed that wakes you up that you go out to find where yeah. you walk into the kid's room and he's the kid's doing yep. something crazy. Yep. And so then you kind of do that and you turn off the lights yep. and you're walking out and you step on the toy and then you yep. stub your toe on yep. this thing. You probably might hurt a little bit more. Yep. I mean, because you, you got a big meeting in the morning that you, you shouldn't have got yep. woken up for. Yep. That one might hurt a little bit more. That one's going to hurt
2: more. Yeah. That one's 100% going to hurt more.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> or if you walk into the, the kid's room and there's puke all over the bed and you have yep. the morning meeting and you have all the things and you have to clean the you know. yeah. 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 And you have to pee really badly and you're
0: just like, oh, man. Yeah, because yeah, you just it's got kinda, woken up out of yeah. a deep slumber. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I think, you know, you kind of hit on it a little bit too, but like um, duration plays a big part too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a pretty quick birth, you don't have to go through maybe as much pain tolerance as somebody who has a really long one because some people are, you know, 24 or more hours that yeah. they're in labor, and that's a long time to have yeah. contractions and to deal with that. Yeah. It's, um,
2: you know, it's a funny thing, labor duration is that like, some people will say like okay yeah I really want the fast birth but the really quick births sometimes are a little bit more harried <laughs> a little bit more chaotic just because it happens so fast and yes the exhaustion factor is definitely uh, a big factor of it mm-hmm. um, right you might have more energy in in those short labors but it it sometimes you see we see like um, the Transition to parenthood is a little bit more abrupt and and harder to handle, just because the labor process is so condensed mm-hmm. um, that sometimes that we see a lot of struggle with that. Just because you don't think about those long labors as a benefit, because everyone wants like you know the shorter labors, <laughs> a shorter amount of pain. Yeah, of course, um, but it sometimes has like a, a negative to it too the fast labors that you don't think about of like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The long labor, you kind of have the mental preparation of like,
1: baby's coming.
2: We have to accept the fact that a baby is going to be here soon, right? And mm-hmm. like, kind of
0: draws that out a little bit. Not only that, but everybody else gets to get a setup. You're not doing the one where you're like, oh, yeah, in the car, inside the, the, the road. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh,
2: no, what what just happened? You're driving
0: yeah. to the hospital and you're like, they they come yeah. right up, like, already happened, do
1: what you it need to do.
2: Happened, baby's here. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So another thing I'm interested about is most of your clients, do you end up having like more that are more home birth or more than more hospital birth or like, where do your clientele kind of. Yeah. That's a great question.
2: A lot of people will see, like say like, oh, a doula that's for like all the home birth, like hippies, like that's not for me. I'm having a hospital birth, but actually of the 15 births that I've attended in the past two years, um all but one have been hospital births so i attend mostly hospital births um
0: but home births as well um now out of those last 15 do you mm -hmm. have like anything that kind of you saw kind of a pattern on that i mean that you just seem kind of of interesting just the whole thing just all of
2: it um you know
0: not necessarily a birth that kind of is its own i meant more like the desires of people, the oh. situations they got into. I don't know. I just, there might not be yeah. enough. Um, you can say no, it's no. all random.
2: It's, random. <laughs> it's, I mean, it is, it's, you know, it's one of those things that like uh, birth is, is pretty random and like you can prepare a whole bunch for it. And there are still births that, you know, are just, wow, didn't see that one
0: coming. Or, um, which is kind of why you do what you do. Cause I mean, yes. it's one of those things that you can sit back and be like, okay so this is going to happen here and oh, then yeah. we're going to do this oh, and then yeah. this is going to happen. And you're, you're sent back going like, all right, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. so <laughs> let's assume step one doesn't happen at all. Yeah, You know, and, and instead yeah. we're going to have this thing, which you don't even have on your plan. Right. And so that's kind of exactly. your setup is like, let's get all the way set up. For yeah. Looking at
2: yeah. Out. And I like to like tell clients too, of like, okay, imagine like, we're going to talk about an uncomfortable scenario, right? Like, what happens in the case of like something happens to mom or what happens if something happens to baby, right? Like even having those really uncomfortable conversations of like, we need to have some kind of idea of a plan, right? Like no one can anticipate how they're going to react in those actual situations, but we can say, "Mm, I have a sense of, I'm really going to want this. Or I have a sense that I'm really going to not want this element to happen if that, ha- you know, like um, for people who are really religious. Right. Like, do you want to have a person like come in and do prayer with you or something like that? Right. There are some people who are like, mm, no, that's not for me. I don't want that in that case. I just want to be with just my partner and myself and you know, whatever. And other people are like, no, I need to make sure we have that phone number so we can call the people just in case. And then we come up with those plans. We put them in a box, we set the box on the shelf and we can move on. Right. We can kind of put that box aside and say, Hey, we have a plan if we need it. And if we don't need it, great. It's there, but we don't, we didn't use it. No big deal. Um, but it's helpful to have thought through those things. So that in the moment, if something does happen, we're not scrambling and panicked and scrambling and panicked more so than what you're already going through.
0: And the stress and all Mm -hmm. these situations. You can sit back and say, like, I understand you may feel that way. But when we talked about this and planned this, we wanted to go this way.
2: Yeah. And it's more in a sense of like, hey, when we talked about this. This is what we discussed. Like, how does that feel for you right now? Is this the way you want to go? And in the moment, it might be like, nope, I don't want that anymore. And we say, OK, how are you feeling about X, Y and Z? Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Um, yeah, I didn't want to make it seem like you're like, no, no, no. You said this way to be like, you're just sitting <laughs> yeah, back no, going of course, like, of <laughs> All right, look, I, I understand it's yeah. this stressful situation is yeah. a horrible choice or whatever yeah. we're going to do, I'm making this. But I mean, when we right. talked about it, we said we were going to yeah. do this. So it's, it's
2: a starting place, right? It's like, here's here's what we talked about. Here's our starting place. Let's either go this way or find something else. Um, Yeah. But nobody ever wants... I mean, we don't want to talk about those things. Um, All I know is that in the situations that, say, result in, like, um, an emergency cesarean, if you have put it out of your mind so far, I don't want this to happen, I don't want this to happen, I don't want this to happen, so far out of your mind that when it happens, if it happens the world around you kind of shatters and falls down of like, I'm a failure like this, like I I've failed. My body has failed me. I have failed me. I've, you know, like, it just like everything becomes so much harder to move forward from because you know, you're operating from a place of I don't even have a plan because I put it so far out of my head.
0: Like, they had a plan. It just didn't have anything, any contingency in it. I mean, we tend to make plans. are like, okay, we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and mm-hmm. we're going to do this. We don't say in those plans, well, what if that part doesn't happen? Yeah. Or I mean, yeah. Planning people do. Yeah. They understand that scenario, but most people don't. Yeah. So yeah, like when you get in that situation, you feel almost like you're failing because you came up with this plan that you're not doing it, but it's not really a failure whatsoever right. No, you got to find uh, the right thing to yeah the right contingencies in place right right exactly and having
2: that plan b just like has you know it allows you it even if even the uncomfortable plan b is to talk about right emergency cesarean um right those are things that you're like well, i don't want to sign up for that i don't want to put that thought into the world but if you don't plan for it then it it has a tendency to make it more traumatic yep. in the long run that mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we also, as doulas, um, do a lot of like childbirth ed. Um, we, in all, all the prep work, right. We do a lot of childbirth ed as well. So like just talking over the basics of what labor looks like, um, what the body physically goes through in each part of labor, um, what the baby does during its descent and its turn and its little dance that it does to come out. Um, and we talk about, um, and we talk, talk about like physical support as well. So like hands-on support techniques like uh, the double hip squeeze or low back pressure or um, we talk about acupressure points a lot too mm-hmm. um, and and other ways of managing labor and birth. Um, so yeah, it's it's not all doom and gloom. <laughs> we do a lot of uh, other stuff as well.
1: well that's um, in- it's interesting too because, yeah, not the, the common person doesn't know how the baby comes down and turns, and what right. can happen different. Like you mentioned, back pain, like back, back pain that yeah. not a lot of people necessarily have to go through. But if you don't know that that's a thing, and then you're like, why do these contractions suck? Yeah. And like I can't put pressure enough places. Yep. If you know what it is before going in, then you can kind of reason through it better right. when you're in the moment versus like, yeah, think you have it under control and you don't.
2: Right, right, exactly. And and like. Back labor is all about baby's position. Mm -hmm. And so I like to, especially with my prenatal yoga, um, I talk a lot about optimal fetal positioning or optimal maternal positioning. There's two different camps in that world that like to talk about is it the mom's position or is it the baby's position that we want to focus on. Um, Ultimately, the way baby is oriented inside the womb affects Mm -hmm. how labor progresses. And so if baby, like we mentioned, if baby's sunny side up or face up, then the back of their head, the back of their skull is pressing against mom's sacrum as they're coming down or against the back of their back. And it's in excruciatingly painful, Um, (laughs) very painful. uh, And it, it just slows everything down. It doesn't, you know, things aren't grooving as easily as they could be. And so back it up a little bit we can talk before labor gets in in uh underway we can talk about okay how is mom holding her body what are there any like hang-ups in our muscles our musculature that's around our womb or in our hips or in our pelvis or in our legs or in our back that might be holding the uterus in a certain way that then baby kind of Adjusts, baby will go the path of least resistance. And if there's like, you know, an imbalance of mom's back muscle on one side is a little tight. And so her womb is just sitting a little bit askew. And so baby's going to sit askew also. And so if we can look at lengthening all of our muscles and balancing all of our muscles so that baby can find a nice, easy way of hanging out in our womb, then that, can help us down the road of of making labor easier and not having to have back labor
1: now with that too i don't know if you i'm sure there are yoga poses that can help with this Mm -hmm. but like even like i know um chiropractic and even spinning babies talk about when they get big enough that they're not moving all over the place anymore helping them turn before you get to labor if you can yeah. so it's easier because i know like sometimes they'll face forward and you're like okay how do we yes. turn around because yes. you're getting close to <laughs> birth and so yeah. i know there's different techniques but are there certain like yoga poses you can do or yeah. different things you can do to there's
2: help a lot of yoga poses that kind of lend themselves to spinning babies chiropractic work is awesome too to just you know a balanced pelvis is the foundation mm-hmm. of it all um spinning babies is great and there's a lot of yoga poses that kind of like work hand in hand with both of those um specifically and we talk a lot about like seated posture um when we sit and we slouch right our pelvis like turns this way and it just kind of like scoops um and then baby's back is the heaviest part so baby's gonna like whoop, scoop and fall right into the little bowl that we create when we tuck our hips and so then with baby's back 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 towards your spine in this little cozy bowl that means that they're face up so when we talk about late pregnancy and actually throughout all of pregnancy we talk about having a nice good posture because then we can turn our hips slightly forward and just kind of gently guide baby to scoop their back away from your spine interesting um and there's a lot of yoga poses that would help with that too. Like a child's pose is a really good one. Um, we always talk about yoga, like sitting on yoga balls is really helpful. Cause mm-hmm. sitting on a yoga ball, you can't slouch your lower back <laughs> because you'd fall off the yoga ball. Yeah. You naturally. Yeah. Are... If you wedge it in right, you can do it. <laughs> there you go. Right. You just need something to keep you still. Um, but yeah, that's like, uh, there's a couple of them, um, yeah, there's a there's a good handful of yoga poses that help us have good posture and help baby kind
0: of orient. Yoga's pretty good at building the core. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and
1: like our ours today that we did, you did a lot with like the hips and the pelvis yes. and the ab muscles anyway. So, I mean, mm-hmm. all in back. So, a lot of that opening and mm-hmm. making sure you had enough flexibility and range of motion and stuff that would be important.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we always talk about like, um, the more movement into your hips that you can get during pregnancy is the better because it's just lending itself to having those long muscles and having nice, even tone to all the muscles that connect to your hips, but also just like not being stiff um, is really helpful when you're heading into labor. It's like having the ability to move your hips in whatever way labor needs you to mm-hmm. um, is so helpful. And again, the movement helps baby to find that that optimal position, um, and so
0: yeah, yeah. I'll just keep the long, not, long muscles. not being stiff. I need to write that down. Yeah, luckily <laughs>
1: you don't have to give birth.
0: And no kidding, <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only affecting myself.
2: I mean, it's also probably good to, as a support person, right, to have the have the movement and ability, but. Yeah.
0: Thank you for watching Kate and Nevada. Hope you've enjoyed this show and found it useful and empowering. If you have any questions or comments, please contact them at kinetics.com. That's K-N-E-T-I-C-X dot com. They're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well. And please write a review of the show. Kate and Nevada appreciate hearing the feedback and they welcome your reviews and your word of mouth will help others learn how to feel better and be better.